20 hours of recording so we can get like five minutes. Welcome to Partial Recall, a show where we try to start podcasting eventually. Welcome to Partial Recall. I'm... Okay, so we haven't started recording, right? I mean, this isn't... This isn't it. Nope, that sucked. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Yishai. Here with my good friend and co-host, Dan. Yul. We're such good friends, people. Uh, how does anyone do this? That was on me. That was on me. Let's run it back one more time. Welcome to the 500th take of the beginning of the first episode of Partial Recall. Uh, I'm Daniel. I'm one of the hosts. I'm here with my friend Yishai. Uh, what's this podcast about? This podcast is about movies we've seen as kids that we have a special affinity for, but I've since watched a lot of other movies because we like movies and we may not remember them. And so we thought it would be fun to go back and revisit these movies in our memories and try to recreate them and see what we remember about them, why they stuck out to us, what the plot may or may not have been and try to recreate them and uh, see what we can come up with. And why are we doing this podcast? We are doing this podcast for two reasons. I would say reason number one, we talk a lot about movies. We like movie podcasts. We like watching movies. We like reading about movies. We text a lot about movies. The reason we text a lot about movies is because we now live in different countries and there is a five hour time difference. And so texting is always easier. So we thought what would be fun is instead of texting on movies all the time, we could talk about them. Uh, why are we talking about movies we watch with kids in particular? I would say because we both have young kids now and we are trying to introduce them to movies. And naturally, I think uh, we tend to think about movies we enjoyed as kids and wanting to share those with our kids. And so we thought it would be really fun to kind of document that as we go. So maybe some of these movies we will show to them. Uh, maybe some of them we won't. But I think there is an instinct there to kind of want to share your childhood with your kids. And so I think this podcast will give us an opportunity to do that. Does that uh, all track to you? Yeah. The other part that we didn't mention is that we're not only going to try to recreate the plots, we're also going to rewatch the movie and determine, does this movie hold up? Do we still like it? Did we remember it at all? Uh, and if we watch it with our kids, we'll report back on how they felt. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And so I think the show will be in two parts. Three if you're a premium subscriber. Uh, the first part, we will nominate a movie and then we will dive into it. We will start discussing the cast and the plot, and we will try to reconstruct the plot as best as we can, as faithfully as we can, but obviously we might be wrong. And so we will kind of follow whatever rabbit hole we go down. So if someone comes up with a really off the wall idea, but we've convinced the other co-host, we will follow that idea and we will try to as faithfully as we can reconstruct the plot. And we will break in real life, but not in podcast life through the magic of editing. Um, we will watch the movie. And then for the second half of the show, we will reconvene and uh, see what we got right, what we got wrong. And to your point, 
does it hold up? So basically how it's going to work is uh, every episode, one of us will nominate a movie to talk about, and uh, they will talk a little bit about why they nominated it, and then we will dive into it and discuss. Uh, so Daniel is first up. Daniel, what have you nominated and why? Uh, yeah, so this week I nominated 1989's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, starring Rick Moranis. Uh the reason I picked this movie is honestly because I don't remember it super well, and I'm pretty excited to watch it. Uh, I do know that it left a pretty big mark on me as a kid. Like, this is a movie that, as I was telling you in the pre-show, I remember having seen this movie, but I don't remember seeing this movie. Right. It's just a movie that I've always seen. Like, it's just something that is always been a part of me. Um, the other thing that really stands out to me with this movie is that when I was this age, so the movie came out in 1989, I was four, uh, around from when I was four to when I was like 10 years old, if anyone asked me what I wanted to be, I always said an inventor. Okay. Which I'm <laughs> pretty sure is what Rick Moranis <laughs> is in this movie. So Rick Moranis <laughs> right. was kind of my idol. Sure. So you uh, were less you were less Newton uh, and more. Is Newton an inventor? Is that the right person I'm thinking of? Definitely, Isaac I was Newton. not thinking of Sir Isaac Newton. As no, think about it. I mean, Rick Moranis was in all of my favorite movies when I was a kid. So he was in this. He was in Spaceballs, and he was in Ghostbusters. And in all of them, he played. Let's just say, the adult that looked like the adults that I knew in synagogue. <laughs> <laughs> Rick Moranis played every nerdy Jew we've seen our entire lives, yeah. basically. So that, I mean, that's probably why it jumped out to me. Uh, okay, fine. I, I remember seeing this movie as well. I think I might remember more about it than you. Um, I've been thinking about it since you first mentioned it. And um, scenes and, and memories are definitely popping out. So I'm excited to dive into it. But um, before we dive into it, what do we know about the movie? What are we allowed to know about the movie? Yeah, let's say some basic facts. So, came out in 1989. Mm -hmm. Stars Rick Moranis, obviously. Sure. Directed by Joe Johnston. Don't know who that is. Uh, you know who Joe Johnston is. I'm looking at his IMDb. The basketball player? No, he also directed Captain America. Like the original. And The Rocketeer. That's another Ooh. movie that might come up on this podcast. Oh, and Jurassic Park 3. And Jumanji. No, we gotta, we gotta not pretend like we don't know who Joe Johnston is. Um, he directed Captain America, the, like the first Avenger movie. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So he, he's been around for a while. Yeah. Good director. Cool. All right. Honey, so I Shrunk the Kids director. is his debut feature. Killed it. As a director. I would almost say it got him a blank check. No, I wouldn't say that because that's a different podcast. <laughs> but I would say that this is indicative of our ability to partially recall things as we didn't remember the list of movies that he had made. And then let's ask this question. Was this movie a hit? I would have, I mean, given the fact that there were at least two sequels, um, Honey, I blew, blew up the kid, and Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. There's probably more. Um, so here we go. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids cost $18 million to make. Okay. And made $222 million. Oof. So pretty big hits. Yeah. If you factor in for inflation, that might be bigger than Titanic. I don't think that that thing that you just said is true. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it is. We can, uh, we can look up how inflation works, but I'm pretty sure 
if no you one's inflate ever... that number a lot, it'll be a bigger number. <laughs> yes. There you go. This other number. Yeah. You got it. Uh, yeah. No, oh, yeah. That's um, so yeah, big hit. Spawned a couple sequels and a theme park ride, which I also think will impact my memories of You've this. been on the ride. Oh, yeah. I've been <laughs> on Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. So it spawned two sequels. Biggest movie ever, bigger than Titanic. We've established that. Yep. Um, by inflation, obviously. By inflation. Uh, okay. Who uh, besides Rick Moranis? Um, Honestly, there's a dog. I remember that there's a dog in it. And a bunch of little, little kids. Right. There were I'm kids. looking at the cast list. I don't recognize any of these names. Who? Okay. So I'm pretty sure that he was married. Oh, now we're going to recreate the plot? Yeah. Well, yeah. So I'm pretty, we, we can tie this into the cast. So correct me if I'm wrong, as you're looking at the cast, I'm pretty sure he was married and had kids. And then he, there were neighbors. So it was, it was him and his wife and then a, a neighbor, husband and wife. And collectively, their kids got shrunk, and the four of them together were hijinks ensued. Well, so you know what's interesting? It's kind of impossible to tell which are the kids that got shrunk. Oh, because because their IMDb photos are not necessarily them as kids. Fair, <laughs> totally, uh, <laughs> totally fair. All right, fine. So let's I, let's just dive into the plot. Um, yeah. Okay. Also, there's some spoilers in the cast list because I just found out that one of the characters has a little version and a big version. Ah, okay. Which I actually vaguely remember. Okay. So can okay. I, if you don't mind, can I can I start where I think... The yeah, what was your experience seeing this movie? So my experience seeing this movie, we had... This, is all, this all might be a little bit muddled, but basically we had, when I was growing up, we lived uh, on a block that was kind of like a, uh, on an angle, and it was row homes. And across For the, the listener, Yishai is demonstrating an angle, an angle with his hands. That's right. You know, you know angles. Um, and uh, directly across the street from me lived, unrelated to any of this, but movie talk, uh, Sean Green. Uh, sister used to babysit for me. Her name was... Yeah, I shouldn't... Sean Red. <laughs> I will uh, not say her name um but yeah i mean for 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 movie sake stronger is my neighbor he was a child actor he was already off in hollywood like by the time i was uh, old enough to know what movies were so that was always something i thought was cool can i just a clarifying question yeah. do you mean seth green oh who did i say sean green sean green who's sean green <laughs> i was googling it <laughs> Yeah, Seth Green, the redhead, you know, Austin Powers. Uh, oh, I don't want to. I don't want to plagiarize. I actually stole that question from Google because I googled Sean Green actor, and it said, "Did you mean Seth Green?" <laughs> um, yes, yeah, Seth Green. You know, I just want to establish my movie bona fides. So <laughs> off to a great start, uh, Seth Sean Green. <laughs> It's like, it's like Seth quotes Sean Green. That's what he goes. In Philadelphia, you called him. You called him Sean. That uh, was his nickname. A movie that maybe we can discuss uh, that he was in was um, actually I don't remember the name of it, but it was like a rollerblading movie that I really loved as a kid. Uh, I don't know if you. No, but hold on. You were describing the angle that your house was. Yes, at. it was on an angle. Seth Sean Green lived across the street. <laughs> directly across the street from us uh we had good family friends and they had a fully loaded basement full of vhs 
and we would go over there and watch movies a lot, or we would borrow VHS tapes. I'm pretty sure that in their basement with their kids, we watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids together. Um, I remember really, really enjoying it, being amazed by it. Um, And yeah, I just remember being in that basement surrounded by those VHS tapes watching this movie. Uh, which was Did they, so they owned it on VHS. Owned it on VHS. I had another friend who bootlegged many, many VHSs. Um, but so we owned like nothing on VHS. Same here, nothing. We had like a couple of the Disney ones. We were big West Coast video uh, borrowers. Um, Blockbuster, and there was a local store that I forget the name of. Yeah. For us. Anyway, so yeah, so that's where I watched the movie. Um, I remember the movie fairly well. Let me see what I remember about it. How so, old were you? Um, I had to have been older than four. I don't think I saw it like immediately upon release, but I would probably say, because first of all, it was on VHS. I didn't see it in theaters. Uh, but also, I don't think I remember that much from being four. So let me venture to say six. Um, my brother would have been nine at the time, and then the kids across the street would have been then 10 and like eight. So that I think that all, that all fits. Um, so let's say six. Um, I remember thinking it was really cool and hoping something like that might happen to me. Um, yeah, those are my my broad memories of the movie. So you do you remember where you saw the context of where you saw it? No, no. I, I'm telling you, you were, it's just like it's were, in my head that this movie is a thing that could happen. <laughs> like this is a movie, very, very viably. Uh, <laughs> anyone might have a wacky neighbor inventor. Uh, I definitely shared your hope that it would happen to me. Yeah. Which, again, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, you know, just an incredibly, like, an incredible experience of achieving my dreams. So, okay. Being shrunk by Rick Moranis. Is everything, I assume, everything in the ride, as you go into the ride, gets really big? No, so it's it's like a, um, did you, did you ever do the, uh, the Michael Jackson ride. I've never done any uh, themed ride except for like. The- well, in that case, it's really good that I brought up Michael Jackson <laughs> on our kids podcast. Right. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's it's like a 4D. It's like what they call like a 4D movie, right? So you're in the audience. The seats move. It's I, maybe there's 3D glasses. They might do smells. I don't think they did smells. I think that's a 4DX exclusive. Uh, and basically, you get shrunk, and then everything's in 3D, and you're watching the movie, and it's it's all shot from the perspective of being, being very small. Okay. Yeah. Did you feel uh, yeah, yeah. thrilled okay. or frightened on the movie? No, I loved it. You loved it? Yeah, I wanted to get shrunk. You, you definitely see the dog in the ride. At some point, Rick Moranis definitely looks at you with a magnifying glass. It's all the things you want. Let's just quickly look at the poster for this movie because I think it'll help us remember. Unless you want to try to remember it completely cold. Well, I have. I definitely have some pieces. So the poster for this movie. Should I read the poster? Should I describe the poster to you? Sure. Oh, I remember this poster now. I see it, where he's nose to nose with the dog. Yeah. So he's nose to nose with the dog, and the kids are walking across. The dog's nose onto his nose. Um, the dog looks, I would say, nonplussed. He's not terribly bothered by this. The, the dog is just saying, same shit, different day. 
Rick Moranis, on the other hand, he looks a little surprised. <laughs> is, he, is he such a shitty inventor? He can't believe it worked. You know, I don't, this is a big question. Was the shrink ray intended to shrink stuff or was it not a shrink ray? Ooh, I don't That's know. A good question. Um, the kids are wearing some extremely late eighties clothing. Sure. Uh, there's four kids. The blonde yep. kid in the back is wearing like a, it looks like a, a nice cable knit sweater, maybe with a blue stripe, like he's going to go on a boat. Sure. The little girl has fallen. Sort of. Maybe she's breakdancing. Right. Hard to she, tell. Well, she seems wearing pink tights. The, the most in peril. And imagine if she slid further down, which it seems like she's in the process of doing, that poor boy who has a leg on each nose. Which That's the kid through. I want to talk about. Yeah. Well, he's got that, that, that kid's, classic 80s flipped up brim. He's got hat. his flipped up cap. He's wearing what look like camouflage cargo pants. Yep. And he's just killing it. Yeah, naturally. Uh, and then there's a fourth kid who is climbing. He's using like Rick Moranis's blackheads as crags for his feet. <laughs> sure. So here's what I remember about the movie. Yeah. There's a bunch of kids. Mm -hmm. Rick Moranis invents a shrink ray. Maybe mm -hmm. he's like an absent-minded professor kind of mm -hmm. inventor. Yep. Doesn't really always know what's going on. He's always late to things. Yep. Shirts. He's always a little disheveled. Kind yep. of a Rick Moranis type. Mm -hmm. And his kids... Playing in his garage, maybe? I think and, it was an attic. Okay. I think attic, it's an attic. attic. It might be an attic. Wood paneled. 80s. 80s. And he's tinkering at his desk. This is the Oh, open. he's in the room and they get shrunk? No. no. So here's what I believe happens. Not to cut you off. I'm sorry. Go for it. He's in his wood paneled attic, tinkering away. The kids, so there's four kids. I believe it's his two kids and the two neighbor kids. And I forget the circumstances of the distraction. But either the, the kids, something happens. I believe it's actually a conversation with his wife or the neighbor. He's fiddling around. They're like, stop wasting your time. You are a failed inventor. Your life is a, a lie and you're terrible. Uh, come Does be a better. Does he have an actual profession? No, I think he's like I a mean, accountant. Type. Right? Sure. <laughs> sure. I think he was like an accountant, and after 20 years, he was like, I'm going to quit my stable job. That's what the subtext of this movie is. His wife is furious because they're falling behind on their mortgage because he quit his stable accounting job to invent drink rates. All right, so he's in his attic. He's tinkering. His wife, neighbor, or someone comes in. They're like, come on, man. Like, get out of there. I think that's what happens. And then, like, he, he like, the dog or someone, like, bumps this thing. And so it falls, starts like heating up, glowing. The kids go into the attic to play, to get a baseball wait, or something. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It's heating up and glowing. And he's just like, I'll leave that there. No, no, no. He left. He left. So it, it. it's like on the desk. It rolls off the desk, hits the floor. Okay. Starts being like, and then like the kids are like, let's get a baseball to play in the backyard. Come into the uh, room. Zap shrunken and they're like whoa like why is the why why does everything look so so big or whatever yep. and you know as they that's look. probably a quote from the movie and then they're like yeah IMDb quote section <laughs> why is everything so big um and then rick moranis like comes back 
the kids are like, ah, don't step on me, dad. Another famous quote. Um, <laughs> and uh, he doesn't see them, obviously. Sees his stupid machine that he's frustrated with on the floor, picks it up, puts it back on the shelf. And then he's like, where, you know, where are those kids? Oh, they came up here to get a baseball. I believe that's like vaguely. So tell me, how did they, I remember them being outside and getting chased yeah. by ants. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I remember. How did they get outside? Yeah. It's a lot of, it's a, it's a journey, you know? So there, I, there's a few perilous shrunken moments that I remember very well. I remember them being, uh, uh, I remember them being in um, uh, in a bowl of cereal and like using the Cheerios as like life preservers so they don't drown. And then like Rick Moranis has like giant spoon like going into the bowl and they're like, like that. Great audio content. Uh, <laughs> I was waving my arms back and forth. So that's one. And then yes, outside, I remember them being like, I remember the, like giant photorealistic ants, right? Does that? You yeah, know, oh, yeah. I, the ants are the indelible image of the movie. Yeah. And I believe the only other thing that I distinctly remember, and this I don't even think happens in this movie, because now I'm thinking it happens in A Bug's Life or yeah. Ants with a Z. But yeah. I like vaguely remember them drinking dew off no, of that, grass. Nope, no. Nope. Is that definitely Bugs Life? <laughs> That's definitely Bugs Life or Ants. Okay. So, so I've combined um, those two things. Yeah. Um, and I remember right. them getting, them like riding on the dog. That's yes. Yes. So what I think happens is like they, they fall through some kind of like exhaust vent and end up on the lawn. And that's bad, right? I because don't think that that's how that happens. It's possible not. I don't think they want to be outside. No, they definitely don't want to be outside. They can't open Dangerous. the door. Yeah, they can't open They're the children. door. children. They want to watch television. Play I'm video pretty, games. They don't want to be right. outside. I'm pretty sure they get ejected. Uh, Should we read the box? This seems like a good opportunity to read the back of the Sorry. box. Yeah. I'll read Let's it to it. you. Let's do it. I got it up here. This is the VHS case for Honey, I Shrink the Kids. The front of the box looks exactly like the poster. Rick Moranis in Honey, I Shrink the Kids. Yeah. The back it of the box. That's what it says. It says Rick Moranis in Honey, I Shrink the Kids. He's above the title. Uh, okay. Uh, Wait, it says in though. It says the word. Right. I don't know why. I don't know why I'm dwelling on this. But it says Rick Moranis. In, as in, like, he's, like, that hot of a billing that is, like, Rick Moranis in. Like, it's not yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, Well, because you can't say like, Rick Moranis is the kids, right? No, it's, but, like, you gotta do the it would just be, like, Rick Moranis, other names, Honey, the Kids. But it says the word well, in. I think that's, his like, name is indic- bigger than the title. You know, it's not like Rick Moranis no, I think, some... I think the I think the, the, the word in indicates that he was, like... A oh, he's a big deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the, I mean, this is the thing that just can't happen anymore. People that look like Rick Moranis, no offense to Rick Moranis, they don't get to be movie stars, like, above the title billing. Like, we're selling this movie on Rick Moranis is in it. If Rick Moranis existed nowadays and got famous for being Rick Moranis as we know him and, and uh, love him, it, within four movies, he would, like, be super jacked and, like, love America. And, oh, my God. Uh, yeah, could you imagine yeah, the be- Kumail transformation of Rick Moranis? Yeah, and then he uh, would be like, "Honey, I blew up myself." <laughs> yes, uh, it's not steroids, I swear. 
Okay, so the side of the box has the image of him looking through the magnifying glass. Yeah. Um, okay, and then in the back of the box has three pictures. It's got a picture of Rick Moranis pointing at something Lil. It has a picture of one of the kids who swimming in a bowl of Cheerios, where the Cheerios are bigger than him. And it also has a picture of the kid with the flip brim cap. Yep. That one I mean, does, it looks like maybe he's in the grass. Iconic. He's a, the, he's, a, he's a true icon of the 80s. The back of the box description says, get ready for the adventure of a lifetime. In the number one comedy hit of the year, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, Rick Moranis, Ghostbusters, Little Shop of Horrors, stars as a preoccupied inventor whose electromagnetic shrinking machine accidentally shrinks the kids down to the size of a pencil point. When he unknowingly tosses them out in the trash, that's how they get outside, the kids right. must try to make their way home through the jungle of dangers in their own backyard. Oh, uh, okay, okay. Fighting off, figured. attacking insects, dive-bombing bees, runaway lawnmowers, and much, mm. much more. Okay, so most of their time is outside, the kids. Yes. Okay. Directed by Academy Award winner Joe Johnston. He won Academy, Academy Award for Visual Award Effects. Winner. Visual ah. effects for Raiders of the Lost Ark. This record-breaking international smash is full of amazing special effects, hilarious comedy, and nonstop surprises. Okay, so I do that just triggered a memory. Um, I believe Rick Moranis, beginning of the movie after he accidentally shrinks them, sweeping up his attic and sweeps them into the trash. Mm -hmm. and that's how they get outside. Yeah. Okay. I don't remember. I, I also now vaguely remember the bee being like very fuzzy. Yeah. That like makes the, sense. the bee animatronic being like kind of scary. I hate bees. This may be another thing that this movie impacted. Mm. Uh, terrified of bees. Whenever I see a bee, I become like a small child and I like curl up into a ball. The thing that you're supposed to do when you see a bear. You know, like the, <laughs> right. right. I do that for bees. And then, like, if all else fails, you just punch the bee in the nose and you, and you just show No, it. I think I just get stung and I cry oh, about it. That's fair. Too um, scared. Can't get involved with bees. Uh, I remember when I was like three years old, I was barefoot on my uh, porch and there was a bee and I stepped on it and it didn't sting me. And I felt very powerful. This has been Bee Talk. So maybe I remember this movie less than I thought I did. So I okay. so they, get, <laughs> they get thrown out of the house. Now they're in the garbage. It's kind of Toy Story-esque. Yeah, I could see that. Right? In that way, they kind of have to, they're being little. They have to survive the perils of being little. Maybe that's why we liked it as kids. Yeah. We were little. Maybe we were little. Like when the danger uh, approached them, they, they like flopped to the side like, like Woody and Buzz. I don't remember them having to pretend to not be alive. <laughs> okay, so I remember them running from the ants, certainly. I remember them like catching a ride on the dog. I'm pretty sure that that's connected to the ants. Do they at any point ride an ant? I, you know, I want that ant man. I, I, I wanted to say they did, but I don't think that that happened. Um, I remember at one point one of the kids is really scared. And um, the big sister like kind of reassures him everything's gonna be okay, you know we'll we'll get we'll get home safely. Um, what else? You know, like I want to say I remember the lawnmower thing, but that could just be 
because you just read which it. one of them dies i remember two of them one or two of them dying in this oh, yeah movie. one just kidding just uh paints the other three children a tiny he... amount of red blood shoots out camera zooms in <laughs> it's like on the kids and they're frozen in horror um yep yeah uh so then they get they obviously at some point get back into the house because they fall into the cereal bowl and that's how they get discovered right and then we're swimming through the cereal yeah what what was what do they call rick moranis aspiring inventor what was the uh what was uh, the term? dad uh <laughs> preoccupied inventor i think preoccupied inventor preoccupied. also i like that it's electromagnetic that's kind of just like oh it's the late 80s it's got to have magnets like in jumanji so basically this uh, movie inspired a bug's life ants toy story uh ant-man and the matrix how did it inspire the matrix electromagnetic pulses that's how you yeah, stop there you go. the it's got kind of a tron thing too because there's like yeah. that ray in tron that shoots the guy yeah i think that that's all i'm gonna remember the other thing that's interesting about this movie though is that and i don't remember i don't notice a ton of these types of movies coming out anymore but this is a movie that's about that like takes place in the suburbs but it's not about how the suburbs are terrible you know like it's not like an invasion of the body snatchers kind of suburbs or like the uh not the invasion of the body what's the other one the the stepford wives you know where it's like secretly about how everyone in the suburbs is killing or fucking or killing and fucking each other right or that new um florence pube um oh that movie looks good it does look good but it'll be a wild movie yeah but it's like there was that era of movies from when we were kids where it was like the suburbs are amazing very reagan-esque i guess and it was like honey i shrunk the kids Uh, home alone to a lesser extent uh three ninjas i think took place in the suburbs great movie we should do that uh suburban commando right uh which is a movie i weirdly remember arnold schwarzenegger Uh, no that's hulk hogan oh right 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 right. uh back to the future yeah although back Uh, to the future definitely had a bit of a commentary on it right there's a satire in back to the future and i wonder if there's a satire in this yeah like i definitely didn't pick up on a set any satirical elements of the suburbs no i just remember being like like idyllic right yeah Um, but maybe it's not right maybe 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 that's an undercurrent maybe the (laughs) Maybe uh, the shrinking is a metaphor for the shrinking of the middle class in America. You think this is like a very like Trumpy movie? <laughs> like we're gonna watch this movie, and it's gonna be like "Stop the Steal." <laughs> yeah, anyway. fine. So okay, so they 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 get ejected outside. They have to survive. I, now that they like, get inside, maybe they ride on the dog to get inside. Okay, the ant scene very memorable lawnmower scene less so uh it pins yeah the pin pincers is that the pronunciation pincers yeah pincers i mean they should just be called pinchers if we're being honest they're pinchers pincers they pinch pinch yeah they don't pince mike pince if there are any scientists listening to this you know maybe just track that down that's a very sciencey thing to do right just be like well, entomology. I know they. I know they technically pinch, but pince is the proper Latin word. Fuck off. Um, yeah, they come from the same root. Yeah, exactly. Root this. Um, yeah. 
uh, for you uh, audio listeners. I did a jerk off motion. Uh, um, yeah. All right. So the ant pincers definitely memorable. I don't remember the bee thing. I really thought I actually remember more about this. I remember the cereal scene very well. I remember the the ant scene very well. I remember the attic scene very well, including. Well, Al, I think this movie is pool. like. I mean, it's telling that the back of the box talks so much about the visual effects of it. Right. It's a series of set pieces. And it is telling the premise of this movie is so strong. Like the kids, they're little now. Yeah. And like real little. And that's it. That's it. That's the whole movie. Right. At what point do you think the parents get alerted to the fact that their kids are shrunken? Like presumably the- right before Rick Moranis eats them. <laughs> well, Which that- like by the way, would be low-key kind of cool if he ate one in that one, like... Magic, then, magic like, school bust into his... Yeah, intestines. magic school bust through his intestines. Yes, yeah. yeah. I'm Honey, sure. I pooped out the kids. Joe Johnson, get on it. <laughs> but at what point, meaning, let's say it's a 90-minute movie. At what minute do you think he... Oh, yeah, what's the runtime? If I were writing this movie, I would want to give a good... I need three minutes. Good guess. How, uh, oh, okay. There you go. Uh, I would want to give at least 20 minutes of... I don't think he discovers them and fixes them. I think there has to be more hijinks once they know that the kids are shrunken. Oh, see, I feel like the movie just ends. Uh, so here's a question for you. Do you remember there being, like, any lesson that the kids learn? Like, was one of the kids maybe picking on another one of the kids? Like, you're such a useless yeah. kid and then that kid saved the day and they're like actually i now totally. know that you're important totally i'm do you have any predictions for which kid that is well there's well the punk this kid but, okay so that kid good, but that kid's the cool kid visual guy how could you believe that he would get made fun of well he's the jerky kid he's like oh he made fun of someone else yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so he he learns to be nicer the older sister i think learns to be more I don't know. Present and mindful, maybe. And then, I I guess I would say maybe knowing that there's Honey, I blew up the kid, which he knows immediately, and then has to like hide him. The kid's big now. That's the whole movie. Maybe then in this one, he doesn't have to like do a whole thing where he knows and just fixes them. So basically, maybe the first movie is all about their survival, and then when he discovers it, he fixes it. Do you think that there's a revelation? It's a castaway. Right. Do you think there's a revelation in which he becomes validated as as an inventor? Like he was a failed inventor and was like, "Um, I'm the... Well, that's what I was saying. Like, did he intend to invent a shrink ray and just couldn't get it to work until this moment? Or was he trying to invent something else? The the back of the box makes it seem like he was trying to invent a shrink ray. (laughs) I'm just saying. Stick with me for a minute. He's what, like a five, eight, Jewy looking guy. Probably felt you're saying. Inadequate. You're saying what does he need to shrink? Inadequate in some ways. Maybe he was trying to invent an enlarging ray, and then you know. Maybe you're going to need to explain this a little more. <laughs> well, I hope that that's introduced in the movie, or like subtly implied. Yes. You know, like what was this machine for? And he just goes like. What would you say he was preoccupied with? Maybe that. Maybe that. Like, <laughs> preoccupied inventor. Like, he's been every waking minute, like, trying to, like... 
Alternative, alternatively, Ishai, maybe the shrink ray is to shrink everyone else. Uh, so then he becomes a giant. That's what, right. So his preoccupation is He's like syndrome. Yes. In in the Incredibles, if everyone is a micro penis, <laughs> then I have a huge penis. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Should we watch the trailer to see if it jogs anything? Yeah, let's watch the trailer. Yes. This is good. I'm excited to watch this movie. <gasps> they do ride ants. They don't make movies like this anymore. Okay. Great trailer. Great trailer. I, I don't even know if you watched the same trailer, but that was a good trailer. Um, a lot of stuff came back. Um, yeah. The 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 rig. Is there a crab? It. I think. I think those are ants. Is that the ants? Ant. That was the pinchers. Just calling them pinchers now. No, they're pincers. Um, yeah, that was the ant. They hit hide in the Lego. I don't remember that. That was pretty good. Um, but the Jerry rig thing that he uh, like Mission Impossible is over the lawn so he doesn't step on them. Uh, <laughs> that, yes, I I remember that for sure. Yeah, it makes him a much more active participant. He obviously realizes much earlier than we remember. Yeah, yes, because we thought he didn't right. remember. So he knew on the outset, and he threw them. He knew he threw it out in the trash. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, okay. So that was that. That answers my question. Does he know from the beginning? So he looks for them in the backyard. I remember the, the rain drops now because they were like bombs, and the kids were like running from them. I have a prediction. Yeah. I don't think the cereal thing made it into the movie. You think that's just like trailer fodder? I think that got cut. It doesn't make any sense. Why? How would they get into his cereal? They get into the house. He's already looking for them in the yard. He knows that they're small. He needs to replenish his energy, you know, before he gets back out there for the search. So he just has a quick bowl of cereal. I, if you were... Here's my bold prediction. My bold prediction is... It never happens. The cereal thing's not in the movie. Okay. It's been cut. That's entirely possible. But let's say you accidentally shrunk your, your, your child and you're really looking for them, uh, you know... Working up, a... I would probably not take a break to eat you. Well, you needed fuel, right? Your wife was like, Daniel, you've been at it, Snickers. you've been at it for hours. You're not going to start preparing anything fancy, right? So, you grab a bowl, a bowl and some cereal, grab a bowl, pour some cereal, pour some milk in, sit down at the table, and then wait a second for my children to climb well, up to the top of the bowl. That's why and he almost fall eats in. them because he's in such a rush, he's just really shoveling it in there. How did the kids get on top of the bowl? Maybe to fall into the bowl in your rushing scenario. Okay, how about this? The, the spoon's on the table, and they're thinking if we can get on the spoon, we can distract him, right? But he's he's now some mind the professor, so he picks up the spoon and deposits them into the milk and cereal. I need some. It's possible, but I don't think so. My prediction is it's not in the movie. Okay. That is totally fair. Um, but that it's in the trailer, and that's why we all remember it. What do you think with about like the cops thing? That also feels very... So you were right, by the way. There are also neighbors. Yeah. I remember that. The cop thing also feels very trailery. Because that... What, I mean, what, what benefit does that have? I think it was just for the trailer. The cops come, missing children. They're in the yard. That's a good quip. Right. Because then the mom faints. faints. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. That's, you already know. That's total trailer, trailer fodder. Okay. So yep. the the rain thing I remember now the bees thing so funny I did I yes, did remember the rain thing is great. great 
it's like that's what i converted into the do it's like the movie platoon there's just like bodies flying they did get sucked up into the lawnmower and shot and shot out that yeah. seems uh dangerous. dangerous so going into this rewatch what do you expect is going to be your review of this movie like what score do you think you're going to give the movie when you rewatch it i expect to love it i think i would give it out of 10 i mean I'm not concerned about setting the bar too high, so I would just give it a 10. Like, I would give, over the course of however many episodes we do, I have no problem giving out 10s to anything. I, I, I vaguely feel like deserves a 10. So <laughs> you have it. a very loose bar. I think I'm going to give it a yeah. 9. I'm going to give okay. it a 9, I think. That's what that's where I'm setting my level. I'm expecting to really, really, really like this movie. If this would be a 9, what would you give a 10? Like, what would what would, what would would it take to, to give it, to get a 10? No, a 10 is like the original Star Wars. Okay. Uh, you know. Big stuff. Like like episode one, you mean? Yeah, of course. The original. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> who, who am I watching? It yeah, with? who are you watching? Uh, I'm going to watch with my whole family. I have three children. How old is the youngest one? The youngest one just turned four. Uh, the youngest one just turned four. And he is like the cliche movie goer that people complain about where he screams out during movies. He's like, look out. So there'll be a lot of that in this movie like whoa and big ant oh, like that <laughs> that's gonna happen a lot which is gonna be great and then i have a seven-year-old and a ten-year-old so they will um i think we'll all really enjoy it i think and then my wife obviously who also saw this movie uh so yeah it'll be a family watch we are gonna queue it up we're gonna enjoy it it's gonna be great uh what about you are you gonna introduce your your young into this or are you gonna watch it I don't Solo. think I'm going to watch this one with little Ponyo. Um, she's only two years old. Only watches studio. She literally only watches Totoro and Ponyo. Um, but yeah, no, I'm just going to watch with my wife. And uh, <laughs> not, that's a still relevant bit. Do Borat jokes. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be obvious to everyone that we recorded this episode in 2009 <laughs> when that was the like a joke that people still made. Uh, yeah. No, I'm going to watch this. Clean edit. Clean edit point. I'm going to watch this movie with my wife. My wife. <laughs> Can't help it. Um, uh, and not uh, not my daughter. Okay. That's fair. Uh, though I will watch some movies eventually with her. I just don't think she would enjoy it very much. Yeah. Uh, that's fair. All right. Well, I think that's a good plan. Watch it reconvene record the second half and through podcast magic that break will only feel like however many advertisers we get uh hopefully many Turns out Yishai had tuberculosis for the last week, and now we're back. I did just choke. Um, yeah, we went away, we watched the movie, and now we're back to discuss it. Uh, Daniel, what did you uh, think of the movie? So I think that before we left, when we broke, I think yes. I said I expected to give this movie a 9 out of 10. I expected to give it a 10 out of 10. I remember that. And 
I did not. You did not. No, I am giving it somewhere between a six or a seven out of ten. What? And okay. I, we'll get I mean, into why. We'll get into my my issues. But I that's fair. I, I was a little bit disappointed, and then also appointed. Like there there were parts of the movie that totally lived up to what I was expecting, and then there were parts of the movie that I was expecting to work a lot better as an adult that just didn't work at all. Okay, that's fair. Uh, when it you, might have still worked for me when I was a kid, so I'm really curious what your kids thought. Do you uh are you when you say six out of seven, six or seven out of ten, like are you are you thinking about it like purely in terms of like meaning like you're not you're not adding any like nostalgia into the mix? No, no, like no. I'm saying like as a movie that I just watched, yeah, I'm giving it a six or seven out of ten. And I'll okay. break down I'll break that down. That's fair. Right. That's what your uh, rating is coming because you so, thought you were even a 10 out of 10. Correct. So <laughs> I probably want to give it a 10 out of 10. But I, I just I can't help but like create it with like nostalgia you know putting its finger on the scale a little bit so i would still probably give it closer to an eight because admittedly and we will get into some of the issues it is not a perfect movie but number one it uh as i watched it i remembered so much about it and that was really really kudos, fun kudos on the baseball yeah, thank you. Like remembering that the baseball not only was the reason they got into the room, but I'm pretty sure you called out that it was somehow crucial to the plot. I yeah, thank you. Um, I yeah, it, but that's the thing is when I watch it, like even like the the actors' faces, like the kids' faces, like I remember like everything. And I think like once that gets triggered, like I can't help but just like love the movie because then like you get tied up in the fact that like you love it as a kid. You're like, oh, this and this. Oh my god, I know what's going to happen next. So like. It was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. I will. I don't know. I guess we should go in order. But there was like one part in the movie that I like audibly gasped at how stupid it was. Um, uh, we could get into it. I the one thing I did. Which part? Which part? Just jump right into it. Okay. The, the part where he's like such a shitty husband, and like his wife has to like go on these like road trips, like sell houses because he's like a failed inventor, and like everyone like kind of resents him, and like. She comes back and she's like, he's like, this is my big chance. And and he's like, I'm going to make it right, honey. And then she comes back. She's like, how'd it go? He's like, oh, terrible. I'm just going to give up the inventor thing and see if I can get my old job back. And she's like, no problem. And then, like, after she realizes that, like, not only did he, like, <laughs> tank their, their prospect of, like, making any money and she, her life has, like, continued being, like, a shitty slog, he, like, stays up all – oh, and then, sorry. And, and then like, he falls asleep while fixing the machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shrinks their kids and, like, maybe, like, gets them murdered on top of, like, being, like, a, a bad provider and father uh, and husband. Um shrinks their kids they they may or may not still be alive and he's like i'll make this right and then just like pulls an all-nighter trying to like fix the machine that like probably murdered his kids and then like falls asleep before completing it and she watched it and she just looks at him and she goes i love you wayne zelinski and i'm like what that's in my notes why does diane say that she loves wayne what changed literally unbelievable uh i mean look you know love transcends issues right like money isn't everything and all that but from the from the problems presented in the movie where like she seemed to put upon wife and like he framed it as like this is my last big chance and i thank you for bearing with me i'm gonna nail it and the fact that like he fails so spectacularly and then not only fails on a professional level like he does think one thing you the size of that audience 
there you Actually, go. Not, not the best line in the movie. Um, yeah, that was funny. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't like. I don't know. I mean, as we're recording our first episode, I'm wondering how like analytical about films we we, we, we need get. to get. We should get I, as far as like a purely like you know if lots. It's part of most of why this movie didn't work for me as well as I expected it to is I am an adult. Like I understand it's a kid's movie, but like uh, their character motivations don't make any sense. <laughs> like I can't figure out what changes that makes her love him again, partially because the movie doesn't show me them fighting. The kids right. describe that they had a fight, right? but not about what and not like, is he right? Is she right? Like, what's going on? Right? Is this a Kramer versus Kramer situation? Is this a marriage story where no one is right? Uh, it, it's just, it's impossible to know. And so then it's impossible for the movie to put him on an arc that ends with me going, oh, I see what's changed. I see how that fixes their relationship. Even if you wanted to just be like, okay, well, it's a kid's movie. They don't need to deal with that. I think the movie has the same problem with all of the kids. None of the kids in the movie have a problem that's solved, that is expressed at the beginning of the movie that is solved by their journey through the yard. Right. I would like, say there's very little character development in the movie, and it's more a series of set pieces. And if you uh, compare it to Home Alone... Which is a similar-ish movie in, I think, a lot of ways in the in the sort of wish fulfillment of a child. Kevin's failing in the beginning of the movie, very established, is that he cannot take care of himself and he is a baby. Right. Right. And then he has to do that to the movie. And in this movie, they don't really have that. Right. Uh, the, the closest thing to a character journey is Big Russ. There's a bunch of things I want to talk about. I think it's interesting that Big Russ and his idiot son and their red hats and his best friend is also named Donald. And that's a whole thing. Maybe we don't talk about that. <laughs> that's very funny. Um, I like I, his dad wears a hat that I'm pretty sure says giants on it. Uh, and I like that he expresses his expression at the beginning. I wrote down, if he wants to feel big, he should act big. Before the kids get shrunk, that's great. He's just on the nose, like his. But that's the thing. Like his character is on the nose for. Wouldn't the be if this person got shrunk. Yeah, but that's not the journey. Yeah, but he's like he's like the 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 like laughably abusive father. Like that would feel like a weird a weird movie to like. That would be a way different movie. That's like a vision quest of like of like I'd be like like a better father. But I mean. I, so those are my I, problems. I agree. My, but I my do other th- problem is, I think, worse. Because I think you could be a movie without... I'm sorry, go ahead. I, just, I think that this is not... I, I, this is not, I'm not sure how, how true this is, but I do think there's like... I mean, it's not entirely true, but I do think like in the 80s, there was like very much like a genre of like sub- wacky suburban family film, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, like you have like Back to the Future and like... Teen Wolf and like and like I feel like there's like and then like the John Hughes stuff obviously but I I think that like this I guess I'm wondering like obviously some do better jobs than other but I think it's like very much like a template and there's like template characters and so like it's like shorthand and so like the idea of like character development I think because there's like a shorthand for this type of movie maybe like 
isn't wasn't as crucial to the plotting of the movie or to like the goals of the movie because it's like you know what you're getting in this type of movie like the like I, silly aloof dad and like you know the stern mom and like the kids I think that's true i still think it's worth it's fair to dock the movie points for those things yeah but more importantly i think that if you split the movie into two parts right there's the kid part and there's the rick moranis part and the kid part is meant to be this like amazing fantasy of like being tiny in your backyard and it's totally a success in my view yeah the rick moranis part is supposed to be a hilarious comedy of this buffoonish scientist and it's not that funny and i think i know why it's not that funny because a lot of the humor in those sequences is like he's doing something really, really weird and someone else observes him doing something really weird. Right. So like he's climbing on the fence or he's hanging by the machine. And with the exception of the cops, none of the characters who observe him doing something strange are characters the movie or we should respect. And so there's no tension. There's no stakes. We're not like, oh man, he can't look foolish in front of big Russ. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. So it's not funny. And he doesn't even feel the need to excuse it or is not self-conscious of it. I think if there were some angle where like, say there's more tension between him and his wife and he's like, she's like, can you just act normal for one day? And so he's trying to act normal, but also frantically trying to not step on the kids and not like you would have some snakes and it would just immediately be way funnier. That's fair. I think that's totally fair. I mean, I, I guess it, I really do think that, like, if you think about the Rick, Rick Moranis part of the movie, he doesn't do, like, anything. <laughs> Meaning, like, the ball makes the machine work, and then the kids get shrunk, and then, and then he, like, flops around like, like a lunatic, you know, once he realizes they're shrunk tries to fix the machine, fails again, and then the tiny kid has to scream to... They have to, like, pantomime baseball. (laughs) So he's done nothing. Like, he's done nothing the entire movie but, like, be comic relief. And to your point, like, not very good. But, like, I mean... He has the best line in the movie. The actual best line in the movie. No, 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 no. If the kids blew up, there'd be pieces of them all over the room. <laughs> that was very good. Um, uh, I do. I mean, if you talk about like unrealistic things, also like, like how how quickly the neighbors got on board with the whole concept and how he like volunteered. Like again, like it, it all. But I guess again, I'm like okay that's like that. that that's supposed it. to be silly. I, um, I want it to be. I want there to be a little bit more character and I want them to be funnier. All the stuff that's amazing, everything with the kids is amazing to look at. It is well in in a I think in a in a fun interesting way. I do think it's funny cuz like specifically like we read we looked at the box and and there was like literally some line about like spellbinding visual effects. It's like I know it was almost 40 years ago but like i I know like that's how movies work but like this stuff like hearing the term spellbinding visual effects and then seeing like some kind of like animatronic it's not even animatronic like some like stop motion stop yeah it's definitely stop motion right see this is where my nostalgia kicks in because i can't judge that well like 
I, I am just like, this movie looks amazing. These effects all totally work for me. I greatly We're, prefer this to CGI. On a nostalgia level or on like a true movie watching experience? So this is where like you can't separate your nostalgia from the overall view of the movie. And I can't separate my nostalgia from the view of the effects. Like, I love these types of effects. I mean, I've like been on record saying that I think that the Avatar characters look animated versus humans and i can't get behind that that's still very much like the ant does not look like it exists on the same plane of existence as the people i know but it doesn't look like a giant i mean well i'm curious did your kids kids like the movie yes so my daughter and and little son loved it. My daughter also was the one who pointed out. She's like, "Wait, they're both named Russ." And my wife and I were both like, "I don't think so." And then he's like, "Russ," and he's like, "What Russ?" I'm like, "Oh, you're right." Like we did not pick up on that right away. She's like, "This is very confusing. Why do they call each other Russ?" And I'm like, "I don't think they are." And so she was right. So credit to her. She was more actively watching. Literally, I'm starting a podcast about trying to actively watch a movie, and she was paying more attention on the first time than me. So. <laughs> Very embarrassing. Well, it probably uh, didn't strike you as that weird because that's like juniors are not that uncommon. But did he even call him junior? Like no, but he's like big Russ and little Russ. I didn't even hear that. I just heard he was like Russ, and then she's like, "Wait, he's he's Russ." Whatever. It was funny. Yeah, no, she really enjoyed it. Um, both my 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 other kid. Didn't, did you didn't ask? Watch. Did you ask him at all about if it looked goofy or what they thought it looked looks wise? It looked old or anything like that. So my daughter is a very like active imagination. No, so she I didn't we didn't talk about that, but she's also like watched all types of, of movies. Like she's watched old, old like Mary Poppins and stuff like that. Not that it was like tons of like animation or anything, but like you know, she's seen old movies, so I don't think it like phased her that much, but she's like exactly the kind of person who would like fantasize about being tiny in their backyard and like having these adventures. So she like fully, fully bought into it. Um yeah, she liked it. She thought it was very fun. Uh really enjoyed it and that was cool like watching it with her and, and seeing her enjoy it uh, i'm wrong fun movie 10 out of 10 it, it, i mean so again like <laughs> I, I i grade on like an nostalgia curve but also grade on like a, like a kid's movie curve where like you know like we went to that um uh old old dogs uh mm-hmm. which is also a kid's movie and obviously that was just like two hours of just like poking a million holes in the plot but like it's funny it's very funny but like i don't like i i guess like this is because kind of like a more philosophical movie question and like obviously like i know you're like a big um uh miyazaki fan that's his name right mm-hmm. uh like those are technically kids movies that are also like incredibly well done and have an internal logic and are as watchable for adults but i do think that like sometimes you have to tr- tr- like try less for kids movies because like you want to like just get them swept up in the magic of it. And like, well, that, you know, but that's where like, I like the, the big Russ. He's obsessed with things being big. He wears a hat that says giants. He literally says, if he wants to be big, he should act big. His son quotes him as saying big moon, big person, bigger moon, which doesn't even make any sense, but you're like, Oh, Okay. <laughs> 
I get there. There was like a quota of like callbacks to, to Russ's dad being into big things. Right. He makes the kid work out to be bigger for the football team. He's like, you, know what the Don, you know when Donald Trump was like really into the truck? He's like, yeah, dude, like it's like very much like that energy. Like, we don't need to talk about the red hats in this movie. <laughs> it's a real thing. The, the point is like that level of characterization. I would not criticize that if all of the characters in the movie right. were like that. I'm not even criticizing it about Big Russ because it's a kid's movie. You could play on big ideas that are very simplistic. That's why I want the kids to have like... The sister should be afraid of bugs at the start of the movie. Right. Right? Like That's, she yeah. should see an ant and be like, ah, and run away or something. So that later when she befriends Auntie and they're all fighting Auntie, it's like, Ooh. oh, she learned. R.I.P. Auntie. That was actually really tough and unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> he died too. You know the worst part about it? Like he's just a baby. Like the whole time, it's like 10 times. Like he's just a baby who wants to go back to his mommy. And then he like, like now it's like child ant murder, not just ant murder. Um, yeah. And clearly the other little kid should have been the one that died. <laughs> the, the snot-nosed kid? Yeah. What was his name? Nick? Rick, he, he, but yeah, but then like they did the the slime handshake and and then he became cool. Like That's true. I mean, he was always cool. It was a big backwards trip. Hat. It was a bit not a backwards had a flipped up Viking right, hat. That's true. Flipped up cap. Uh, yeah, uh, we should talk about the fits in this movie. Uh, yeah, everyone is like a ten out of ten outfit. Ones. There is no one in this movie who, if they walked through Williamsburg, would <laughs> fave anyone at all. No. <laughs> no. Um, Amy's look is incredibly stylish at the moment. Well, she, you know, she is like the the the, the stylish mall going. Uh, yeah, thirty five. Yeah. Well, you know, that's it's, fashion is cyclical. Yeah, she is like really on. The kid's name is Ron. He's the one who should have died instead of Ant. <laughs> That would have been so dark. Um, actually, I did have that thought when Amy drowned. I'm like, what if she just died? Like, like the rest of the movie, these three kids who are so traumatized by that have to still like trudge through this like horror like jungle, knowing that someone already died. Uh, okay, so we covered most of my notes. Oh, do you remember? So, uh, how much came back to you watching it? Like, so the B absolutely came back to me. This is one of the reasons but you didn't. Bees you didn't remember the entire movie. Like, no, no, no. Scene no. by scene, I remember it. I was like, okay. oh man, I remember this B being so scary. I remember thinking the pollen was so gross. Yes, uh, but the thing about the bee is there was never like any. He never came at them stinger first. It doesn't matter. Bees are the scariest. Okay. That's fair. Um, okay, so you didn't you didn't watch it and be like, oh, this scene, oh, this scene, oh, this like that one. No. Okay. I from- mean, I, I remembered things as they happened where I was like, oh right, there's a Lego and like, oh uh, right, this, but I didn't. Oh, for me, it was like I remembered ninety seven percent of the movie in real time, which is really cool. Um, and uh, the only thing I didn't remember was the animated intro. Uh, do not Great, really. At that moment, I was like, "Is this movie a ten out of 10? And then it came down. So. I remembered it very well. It was really fun. There was a serial scene, so you were wrong. I and was wrong about the that. fainting scene. Actually, the cop part I didn't remember. 
the cops did nothing in the movie. No. I like how they were like, this is next door. Let's go check it out. And it's like, no, they're fine. They're in the backyard. That's a very easy thing for the cops to right. Well, also, like, the the initial um, cop check on, on Big Russ was very much like, oh, like, should we call CPS on this guy? Like, he seems like a truly abusive father. And then um, they, they get a call for next door. And now they're like, what's, you know, there's like a weird, like, pattern on this block. And then he says no they're in the backyard and then the wife faints so back to back just like straight up real shady stuff all they have to do is just look in the backyard and they'll continue their investigation and and they didn't it's like the cops in home alone which maybe this will be a trend that we uncover which is all of these kids movies sort of portrayed cops as like extremely lazy yeah you know where the cop goes to Kevin's house and he's like, there's no one at home. Tell her to count her kids again. <laughs> yeah, that is great. Uh, there were a few other things I really liked. I liked that Wayne Zelensky effectively invented the smart home. Like he has the automatic dog feeder. Yeah. He has the like, the like intercom that connects from the, for, he can like text his daughter in the kitchen. But back to the future did a lot of that stuff, didn't it? Like, wasn't I just recently watched it? I mean, it's all Rube Goldberg machine. It was definitely an 80s obsession with, like, can we build Rube Goldberg machines that solve our basic problems? Our dog for us. That's like everything. Or like mow our lawn by remote control, where it's like, it's basically a Roomba for your lawn. And I'm sure someone is working on it. But yes, that was really fun. I like how he was texting with like an oven mitt. Yeah, he was texting with his gloves on and it came out like fat fingered, like autocorrect joke in 1989. That was good. I mean, again, like if you, in general, there's way more character development on the neighbors than any of the Zelensky. Yes, no, the neighbors have a real arc, which is very interesting. I also liked how cheap his dad was. He's like, his kids are missing. And he's like, an $80 deposit, non refundable, is like, the worst thing in the world. Well, we talked about inflation in the first movie. All in the one hundred and ninety-one dollars. Oh, you were, I looked it up. Uh, see, I think I made an inflation joke in the first half of this episode. I'm just going to be like, that's probably like a million dollars nowadays. Um, <laughs> I looked it up because I was like, maybe it was a million dollars. Then it's one hundred and ninety-one dollars. But there, you know, he is definitely that dad who's like, I don't care that my kid is missing. It's a lot of money. <laughs> smoking also a thing that you don't see much anymore. So was that. Do you think that the giant cigarette that they use that saves them it was like a pro cigarette? Was it a pro cigarette message? Because I first I was like, oh, this movie's anti smoking because like that doesn't smoke it. No, they, they get saved by a cigarette. I'm like, is this movie pro smoking? No, because they were like, oh, smells disgusting. They're like, let's make right. the best of a bad situation. Okay, here's a question: Where does this movie take place? I assume like Chicago, suburbs, like Chicago. A Polish last name, I assume Chicago. Um, did, how many scorpions did you encounter in your backyard in the suburbs growing? Well, it's funny that you mentioned that zero, but <laughs> but so here's what I think it is, and I think it's actually part of everything the movie is doing and the things that I think the movie does really well. Where I think the scorpion is just the scariest small thing that a kid knows right. about, right? And so, like, a kid watching this movie. Everything in this movie is designed to appeal to a kid, right? So it's like when they first get frozen or frozen, when they first get trunk and they're, they come out of the bag, there's like a slide on the grass. Now that slide doesn't make any sense, right? Grass goes into the ground. It's not 
a slide. Well, if you don't, and yeah, no, the grass was you love that as a kid. The grass was, was uncut, so it, it flopped. It logically makes sense. Like clearly, they were like kids will love that the slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know the slide, and they're like kids will love that this is an oatmeal pie, which right agreed. Also, uh, I mean, disgusting. As a, as a Germany, uh, truly. Although I guess like this is like survivalist stuff, right? No, but like, also we've learned that they are so small that like the molecules of germs can't get into their Oh, nose. that's true. That's true. I was uh, going to say like, you know, it's better than like drinking their own pee. To, like, this was, this was um, uh, my wife's big note. I'm not supposed to say her name. I'll have to listen if I said her name. Her big note was three miles isn't very far. No. Like, they, had to, they had to break for the night. Like that's... Three miles for kids who, you know, are, you know, seem active-ish, like two hours? Yeah. I always figure 20 minutes for a mile. Maybe you think, okay, it's jungly terrain, yeah. maximum two hours. Yeah. Maybe they get lost. They should have just said, oh, my God, it's like 10 miles. And then it's like, great. I can't it's believe that they had to spend the night. Like, that is a very underrated uh are you perhaps suggesting that little Russ conspired to spend the night with what's her name again? Amy. Amy. Uh, I do like how the mom was like, I don't like Amy alone with those boys. You know what she does. And then she like immediately was like making out. They were like, Whoa. Um, um, but I, I mean, I just think that like this stakes of your, your, your children potentially like getting like, it was played for slapstick when like, the, the, the family came to like sign the deed and is like, no, like they can legitimately die very right. quickly. And then like the idea that like they, they would break for the night and just like, all right, I mean, we couldn't find them. So like, let's, you know, hit the hay, regroup and like start again tomorrow. Like let's see, recharge and have a good breakfast. <laughs> I think that I definitely thought didn't happen in the movie because it makes so little sense. It just seems like adding an overnight, seems like genuinely insane to me. Like it should be over the course of a day. The fact that like everyone like took a break for the night, the kids slept in the Lego Wayne, you know, you know, he tried to pull an all nighter and then like his wife was like, I love you to no one. Just, Oh, I mean, yeah, truly. Uh, just what was the point? I guess. And again, I think maybe that is like, because it's a kid's movie and they want to like, you know, let's not make this, like, too heavy for kids. Like, this is something that would certainly, like, be grounds for divorce. <laughs> they were like, let's, like, not traumatize kids. So she'll just, like, ha- like just blurt out, like, I love you, Wayne Zielinski. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Just, like, we can address quickly the uh, the failed conference. I mean, brutal. <laughs> he presented, like, a seemingly logical, you know, he had all the, the drawings of the covalent bonds up there and like you know like these are scientific minds and he's like explaining the theory behind it and they were like you suck nerds <laughs> like, like crazy <laughs> it was a good line though um it is it is also crazy that the thing he wants to do with this experiment with this thing is power the space like help the space program. There's a million things this could be used for before you get to, well, it also makes things lighter to fly around in space. Uh, I like that the movie breaks the fourth wall at the end with the, uh, with, I can't remember their names. I have to look them up every time with Nick, 
looking directly at the camera and going, oh, French class. That was good. And it's like fading oh, out my, and it fades back in and then it fades out. My daughter was like, explain that joke to you right now. I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, she would she would not let it go. Um, I'm like, and then 20 minutes later, she's like, oh, I got it. I'm like, all right, I'm glad you came to it on your own. Uh, yeah. Um, one small tangent that I wanted to mention earlier. The, the young uh, son, Rick Moranis' son, uh, who looks just like him. Did you Do you think that that actor was upset when Rick Moranis retired because he could no longer play Rick Moranis' son in movies? 100%. A million percent. Oh, on that actor, uh, something my daughter asked repeatedly, why do his glasses never break? They get knocked off his face constantly, and that would have presented also – I don't even think she was thinking about it from like a plot challenge point of view, but that would have been fun, right? Um, reminds me of the time when I uh, went on a beach vacation with uh, my friend and his family. And in the first day, I went into the ocean and lost my glasses. And I have terrible vision. So for the next three days of the Jersey Shore, I walked around with binoculars because the only <laughs> way I could see anything. <laughs> That is a true story. We would like come back from the beach uh, in the afternoon. And I remember like very distinct memories of like watching MTV and specifically the Britney Spears Lucky video from the sofa, ten feet away from the TV with binoculars because it's the only way. I could... How do you not lead with this? The movie where Rick Raddus basically does that. Oh right, he does do that, right? With the with the magnifying glass. The helmet with the magnifying glass. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, uh, good time. Um, okay, so for posterity, and you know, in future episodes, we can formalize this a little more. Okay, so we've we've established our grades upon the rewatch. Mm-hmm. We've established how much we remember. So again, I, it triggered like all those memories like i i the the movie like fully came back to me which i didn't honestly did not know to expect that but the you know the kids faces the neighbors faces every beat of the movie like it all was like in there somewhere and it all came out which i thought was really cool and interesting it was not your experience no i remembered images again i was like oh yeah that beat very scary okay what movie are we talking about next what movie talking about next um what about Jumanji? Can we do Jumanji? We're talking about Welcome to the Jungle with Dwayne Johnson. The video Just game kidding. one? Like the, no, yeah, no, we're talking about the original sure. Jumanji. Robin Williams. Some a, other kids. Some other kids. A board game. Not a video game. Uh, I actually have more memory of that movie. Okay, so that'll be flipped a little bit because I'm not sure how much I remember. So, great. Jumanji, tune in next week once we publish these. Uh because probably take more than a week uh, for Jumanji. There has got to be a way for us to end this show. We can not be as bad at endings as we are at beginnings. We have to be good at one half. <laughs>